Welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast, a top-rated weekly podcast providing support for the struggles, celebrating the successes, and sharing the personal and professional development stories of women of color. It's inspiring and insightful conversations with sheroes who want to share their experiences to help other women's outcomes. Hosted by me, media veteran and content creator, Lonnie Swain. The purpose of this show is to remind you that everyone has to go through something to get somewhere. Thank you so much for listening. I love and appreciate your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Now let's get into the show. All right. On today's episode, I have my girl Aston Hayes joining us. She is a Chicago-based entrepreneur whose energy and passion are both inspiring and contagious. As of late, she has added app developer to her list of accomplishments. She is founder and CEO of Tip Off Gaming App, which is a game of blacklisted words that is similar to Taboo, but for you. The inspiration for the app is to bring people together using culture and technology in an organic way. She holds dual degrees in media management and Africana studies from the University of Miami and a master's in PR and advertising from DePaul University. Recently, she has won the 2019 Chicago Culture Awards for her work in the tech industry in Chicago. And in her spare time, she enjoys traveling, planning events, working out and baking. Aston, welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Thank you, Lonnie. So, of course, I got to give uh, the audience a little background. Aston and I work together in Chicago at WGCI, and I personally know her as a Jill of all trades and master of many. She is an amazing baker. I still have dreams about this like chocolate caramel cake that you made one time for <laughs> one of Leon Rogers barbecues or something like that. I think it might have been Fourth of July. I don't know, but yeah, um, definitely. Okay, so it see, was. I do have a decent memory still mm-hmm. in my old you age. Do, you do. I dream about Lonnie Lewis. I still dream about Lonnie Lewis. So. <laughs> well, there you go. We both got uh, some trading to do. Uh, you make me that cake, I'll mm. send you some Lonnie Lewis. How about that? Sounds like a plan. <laughs> so when Aston and I first met, she was working in the promotions department at WGCI. Um, I also attended a wedding that she planned as far as planning events goes. It was a coming to America theme wedding. Amazing job with that as well. <laughs> so um, with all of Thank these you. many talents, how did you decide to go into app developing? Because I was surprised by so, that. So the the plan wasn't really to do that. Um, back in 2006, when I graduated from University of Miami, I would have moved back home with my mom. I had some time on my hands and would sit outside. And one day I just started making a list of these words. I don't know where it came from, why I wanted to do it. And I was like, you know what? I should make these into cards. Like, this would be a cool game because I really like Taboo. And they were all, you know, Me like too. black culture words. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided to just get on my Mac and I laid it out and, and, you know, made these cards and went to Kinko's at that time. Well, I think it's FedEx Kinko's now, but Kinko's at the time and printed them out in color and hand cut them and made these like really raw cards that were one sided and would take them to barbecues or anytime someone came over my mother's house, we would play and people always had a good time playing it Mm. and was like, you should make this into a real game, like make it into a real game. But at that time I was probably 22 Mm -hmm. and I knew nothing about 
trademarking anything or how it even begin to even make a card game right to make something like that happen so i i kind of sat on it for years and everyone would always say they would play like you're not gonna make this into a game you should make it into a game and it just seemed overwhelming to me so it got to right. a point where a friend of mine's father uh i guess apps started kind of coming out on the scene and they were still pretty new and no one really knew how to make them what they what they were going to turn into if it was going to end up being big or not and he was like you should make your game into an app and mm. apps were so new i was just kind of like yeah, yeah i mean yeah probably you know whatever <laughs> right. so i kind of sure. sat on it because i didn't really understand what apps were right. if they were even gonna blow up and then mm-hmm. maybe like a couple years went by and people were doing these draw me apps and gaming apps and things and they were like picking up speed and people were making like millions of dollars right these apps and I was like well maybe he was on to something maybe I need to look into this but then again it's like it wasn't that many people creating apps so Mm -hmm. I didn't once again I'm back to I don't know who makes apps but I was older at this time I had more you know more um networking and more people that I knew so I would go around and ask and eventually, I was at a party, met my current partner now, uh, business partner now, Amanda Spann, and she had come out with two apps on her own. So mm. I told her, I was like, let's do drinks. I want to, you know, throw this idea at you and see what you think and how I can make this come to fruition. And um, here we are. Okay. And so that was going to be my next question. Did you have to learn coding or are you more the idea concept and Amanda is more the, the technical coding and development side? So Amanda's more tech, but we neither one of us do the coding. So we hired oh, a developer. Okay. Yeah, we hired a developer and kind of give our you know background so we have a whole team we have a legal team we have a creative team we have okay. a person that does our developing because almost everybody on our team actually has a full-time job uh-huh. so um, okay. you know we need to divide and conquer so right in the beginning it was a lot of us you know outsourcing people but then that gets that starts getting every time you need somebody to look at a legal document it adds mm-hmm. up so right. we decided like you know the best thing is probably just to give people some equity in, in the company mm-hmm. and um, you know form a team so everyone feels like they're part of it and, and want to see it do do well right so, um, you know mm-hmm. it, it's been changing the company has shifted and changed and morphed and that's what companies do you know right exactly and, uh, if you're not growing then if you're not growing and coming up with new ideas on how to get things done quicker faster you know, Mm -hmm. stronger than, um, you know, you're doing something wrong then. Mm -hmm. A bunch of questions come to my head. First of all, when you went to University of Miami and got your degrees in media management and Africana studies, what did you think you were going to do with that? Or ultimately then when you went to DePaul, what did you think that your ideal dream job was going to be? So when I started at UM, my dream job was uh, a cross between, I either wanted to be the next uh, female Hype Williams. So I actually started out in film and video. And then I quickly learned that I did not like that when I started all the technical classes. Uh I was like, yeah, this is not for me. I'm more (laughs) of a behind the scenes person and Uh dealing with the business and the money part of it. So Mm -hmm. UM had just started a media management program like the year before I got there. So no one had even graduated from it yet. Mm -hmm. But when I saw the curriculum, I was like, oh, that's what I want to do, like programming and figuring out Mm -hmm. how to do all the back end stuff. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. um, was good for me. Then I also thought I wanted to be a and R, which is kind of okay. how I got into radio. Okay. But um, I quickly learned once Napster started coming and everything started shifting digital. Yeah. The music, the music changed. That whole industry changed, and I was like, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to get into that either, because mm-hmm. a lot of people had lost jobs around that time and. Mm-hmm. The, um, music industry and so I was like I need something that I'll be okay so management usually is always okay mm-hmm. um, when it comes when it comes to you know media and, and music and things like that it's the back end people that seem to stay on board the front end it seems to be you know Changing more volatile, constantly. So, right exactly. right mm-hmm. at what point did you decide okay now's a good time to do this app or what was it that gave you the encouragement because and I know you're still working a full-time job and so you're in um advertising now marketing still I'm in sales and marketing for wine and spirits that's what I work in now so Mm -hmm. and so what was the the moment was it just when you met Amanda and you were like okay this seems like a good fit or were you like this is the the best time as far as apps or you know what was it because you you've revisited the idea a couple times since graduating from undergrad so what was it that you felt like okay now let let me do this for real I would probably say it's when I met Amanda and she showed me her app and I was like, wait a minute, this is like, this is your, it was a legit app. It didn't look janky or anything. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute, that like, this is your app. You made this app. And she was like, yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's when I was like, oh my God, like I I really can do it. It's not just a, you know, concept I have like now. Yeah. I'm like standing in front of somebody that's actually gone through this and done it. So once we met and, and she loved the idea, then it just seems like, okay, let's go. And we kind of motivate each other to keep going and, uh, you know, come up with ideas. And we had a big picture idea. And over time, we learned how to pare it down that, you know, sometimes you just have to keep it simple. But we had, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we should add this and put this and do this and add these things. And we've learned over the year and a half that the app has been out that people don't even want all that stuff. Like they just want to get mm-hmm. to the game, play the game right away. Mm-hmm. and all the extra stuff so we've done a lot of changing the app and made it go from multiple play you know multiple phones to just using one phone and things of that nature so I, I feel like people are really starting to enjoy it more now because it's not as complex to start okay. the game mm-hmm. um, as it was when we first launched the app what would you say has been the most surprising thing throughout this process either good or bad the most surprising is I guess I just thought it was going to explode. Like, oh, people are going to love this game. That's just going to like roll. And, it's, you know, that's that's going to be it. Like, I know so many people and they're just going to be pushing it out there for me. And then you quickly learn that, you know, not that people aren't supportive, but not as supportive, I guess, you, as you thought they were. You thought they were going to like throw game nights every mm-hmm. week for you and, you know, mm-hmm. constantly push it out for you. And then you learn like that's not the case. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm actually going to have to do this myself. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that was that was the biggest thing. But uh, uh, along with that, you know, like you just mentioned before, I won an award for it, which that kind of came out of the blue because I'm like, oh, people like people are noticing what I'm right. doing. So mm-hmm. yeah, so sometimes you get to the point where you're like, oh, things are moving, the numbers don't look like I want them to look. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not really getting as many downloads this month as I want. So then you kind of get a little, you know, frustrated, but then something like that comes along where you're like, oh, people are paying attention to it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. 
And that is the most common phrase I hear from entrepreneurs in all different genres and um, segments and uh, industries and all of those things that usually the people who support us the most are not the people we expected and the people that we expected to support us the most don't support us in the ways that we expected them to or, you know, just different things like that. But then you have those moments where you do get some sort of recognition out of the blue. That's kind of your indicator, like, okay, keep going. People are noticing. And then sometimes, you know, the people who are noticing are not measurable in numbers based on downloads or things like that. So, you know, you just have to take the encouragement where you can get it from and kind of keep going despite what the numbers look like if it's something that you believe in because there are certain things like we think especially compared to the music industry where an artist comes out we think oh they just blew up overnight and nine times out of ten overnight celebrities have put in at least 10 years of work, you know, that they've been doing Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, behind the scenes that we don't even know about before it gets to us. Um, And what would you say has been the biggest challenge in the process of creating the app? Uh, the biggest challenge, I, you know, I guess because I'm not a technical person, learning mm-hmm. the technical jargon and being able to talk to, you know, my developer. And, and then, you know, that's, that's a, a good reason why I have Amanda around because she's gone through the process. She kind of knows that. So I kind of mm-hmm. let her deal with that. But at the same time, I still want to learn it so that I'm right. blindsided or don't know anything that I want to. It's a journey, you know, it's a mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that that's challenging. And then do you hit brick walls with, you know, technology does what it does when it doesn't work the way you wanted it to or mm-hmm. um, things have to be changed. And you're like, I wanted it to do this. And it's like, well, we can't really make it do that because then we have to change this code. And, um, right. you know, so, yeah, just that whole process of being able to roll with the punches and do workarounds and trying to figure out what our best uh, marketing strategy is, too. Mm-hmm. Just to be able to get it out to the masses because, you know, everything's constantly changing in the, in the world of social media and and just technology in general. So trying to keep things fresh and, and mm-hmm. new and uh, come come up with, with, with that perfect thing for us to get us out there in front of everybody. So like you mentioned that the app has evolved and gone from using multiple phones to only using one and being less complex. So how are you making those decisions? Are you soliciting user feedback or how are you kind of figuring out, okay, this is what's working. This is what isn't. And these are the changes that need to be made. Uh, We get user feedback. We also um, occasionally uh, have a, a business consultant that will go and, you know, look at steps and ask us what some of the, you know, issues and things that we have are give us some Mm -hmm. feedback on things that could be tweaked to better the app. So it's user feedback and then, you know, um, going with people that do this every day, consultants and things like that, that Mm -hmm. um, give us some feedback as well. What is your ultimate vision for the app besides it blowing up and grossing millions and millions of dollars? (laughs) <laughs> what 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 type of growth are you looking to see potentially, you know, by the end of this year or next year? What does success for the app look like for you? Well, we ultimately would like to be able to tap into some 
commercial brands to either uh-huh. create because we because I don't know if you've played the game or not, but we have different word packs. So we've reached out to HBCUs. Or so we have some HBCUs that have their own word packs. So we would love to see, you know, HBCUs get behind their word packs and do big things with like their homecomings or football classics. Nice. Um, we would love to see, yeah, we would love to see, you know, big commercial brands that they have, you know, let's say we have a, a black movie coming out and they, they need to get that advertised that we can create packs for them to oh. further push out their movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- things of that nature. So like the sky's the limit with the number, you know, the the topics that we can come up with. We just yeah. came out with our first uh, Nigeria pack, our Niger pack. So okay. We would love to have a pack for, you know, basically any country in the black diaspora uh-huh. that we can come up something with them. Because, you know, when I think about it, not that I'm, Nigerian or Ghanaian or anything like that. I don't personally know any games that are catered to directly those. or catered toward yeah. those cultures. Right. So, um, Me neither. Yeah, so I feel like mm-hmm, so I feel like having one game where it's like anybody almost anywhere in the world can play on one, you know, one device, but it's catered towards uh, that particular culture mm-hmm. or, or whatever it might be. You know, we have a movie pack. We have a black church pack. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, the sky is the limit. So we just mm-hmm. want to come up with packs for cities, you know, Miami, L.A. We yeah. have one for Chicago right now. So mm-hmm. uh, like the tagline says, similar to taboo, but for you, whoever you is, exactly. cater to, mm-hmm. you, you know, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. I love that. I love that. You know, and just talking about in the beginning, how you have all these talents and all of this experience and do a lot of things well, uh, personification of a multi-hyphenate. How <laughs> do you decide what to focus your energy on? Because I know that's something that I struggle with, like, okay, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. But what direct, what, where do I really want to put my energy? How do you make that those is decisions? Well, I, I know I told myself a couple of years ago because I was like doing just slash, 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 you know, a whole <laughs> bunch. I could do this, this, mm-hmm. this. And I was like, okay, you might want to pare it down because mm-hmm. you don't want to be a jack. Like you said, you know, jack or Jill of all trades and master of none. So I was like, you know, let's get to the point where maybe you only pick like a few things and then, you know, master that. But um, I definitely have my grandfather's spirit in me. He was a entrepreneur. He had his hands in a whole bunch of different things. He started out as an electrician, owned a, a pet food company, um, mm. you know, uh, invested in a lot of things. So ultimately, I'd like to get to the point where I could just get behind ideas I have and put a team together and have the money and just say, okay, this is what I'm invested in. Like right. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily have to be the one doing the work but yeah basically a diddy you know Uh we know diddy's not doing most of the work but he's investing and putting ideas and giving people the resources they need to Mm -hmm. make things come to life so Mm -hmm. i would like to be a diddy Mm -hmm. you know or Mm -hmm. beyonce or jay-z where you know i just get behind something that i feel is needed Mm -hmm. and um and, and go from there Mm-hmm. So when you were doing the paring it down of what you're going to focus on, how, what did that decision process look like? I feel kind of a work in progress, <laughs> to be uh-huh. honest, because, you know, people still come to me wanting, you know, marketing, uh, you know, advice and things like that. And I, I'll still do that from time to time. Uh-huh. And, 
you know, if, if it's something I feel like is a something that interests me. So a lot of times it's something that like I feel passionate about or interests me or someone has a great idea that I like can't turn my back on. And it's like, I want to help mm-hmm. you out with that. So yeah. even though I probably shouldn't take that on, <laughs> it's too good not to, like, or it's mm-hmm. like it's needed. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, whatever I'm passionate about, I feel like we only, as far as we know, we only have one life to live. So you should use that doing something that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And can give Absolutely. back to people will remember you being good at it and enjoying enjoying doing it. If someone is listening and they have an app idea that they've been, you know, considering, what tips would you give them for starting out and, and just getting the process going? Um, I would say put a, a detailed plan together of what you want your app to be you know, how you want it to move, what, you know, basically the whole concept so that if it, not, not really a business plan per se, but just this is what the app would do if I went to the home page. This is what it looks like if I click this button, this is where it goes next. Kind of like a, a map, mm-hmm. a map of how the, the, the app, how you want it to look, how it should feel, how to move. And then, um, you know, go on the process of looking for developers. I recently, the the developer we're using now, I found him. Well, we found him on on Twitter of all really of all places. <laughs> we just went on Twitter and said, "Have an idea, blah 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 blah." Looking for a new developer. You know, DM us wow. if you're interested. Uh-huh. And that's how we found. We started out with with another developer, and it just you know the relationship just didn't work out, and we needed to go in a different direction. Uh-huh. And, kind of just put it out there to on social media and got yeah. got a couple of hits and found who we have now and we we absolutely love him he's great oh awesome yeah twitter and and social media can be used for really good things and amazing relationships if used in that way you know they're great resources for that you'd be surprised i've heard of a uh, um a law group, a female law group in Chicago that got started on Twitter too. So yeah. it works out. It can be used in an amazing way, like you said. And sometimes used for good and evil, but <laughs> right. And exactly. in this case, it was used for good. So, mm-hmm. well, good. Well, good. I'm glad that worked out, and I hope that it continues to work out. And what would you say? in your experience with the app and through this process as a woman of color in the industry? Because I hear in the tech industry, there are very few of us. Do you feel that that has been a challenge or an asset or how, how have you experienced that? For me, I feel like it's an asset because it helps me stand out. You know, that that's usually the first people thing people realize when they meet me. They're like, oh, you're, you're in the tech industry? Like, Mm-hmm. Oh, man, like that's, that's crazy. So I do know, and you know, when it, when it's time to, you know, pitch for grants or money and things of that nature, it makes it a little bit, it does make it more difficult, but there mm-hmm. are organizations and groups out there that are noticing that, mm-hmm. um, you know, blacks and, and women get almost, you know, less than 2% of the money that's out there, you know, mm-hmm. the investors and VCs and things of that nature. So, uh, people are starting to realize that and and put together grants and you know VCs and things like that specifically for uh, minorities or, or you know women. So yeah. it's being brought to the forefront. It still got a long way to go, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I, I see it more so as an asset and a challenge. It's a challenge for me. 
And I was going to say, actually, you know, I know, especially with VC funding, it's it's more of a challenge. But I would think with grants and things like that, that there are becoming more that are specifically targeted to minorities. So it could be an asset in that regard, that there are certain things that only minorities qualify for. So that mm-hmm. could be used as That's an correct. asset. Mm-hmm. Well, before I wrap up, there's Lonnie's last five, five questions that I like to ask everyone before we end the conversation and just say whatever comes to mind first. The first question, what's your favorite act of self-care? Probably working out. I let, I have to make myself do it, but when I'm finished doing it, I always feel great. Mm-hmm. Same here. My hand is in the air for that one. Um, <laughs> especially on the part of making yourself do it and not feeling like oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, number two, what's something you wish you were better at? Something I wish I was better at. I wish I was better at running. Like, well, working out, I try to push myself to run because mm-hmm. I know that's the fastest way to lose weight and, you know, the, the best way to, like, get your cardio up and mm-hmm. sweat faster. But I just, I absolutely hate doing it. I get shin splints. <laughs> I just, mm-hmm. it's monotonous to me. But yeah. I definitely do wish I was I was better better mm-hmm. at that. And public speaking. I wish I was a better public speaker, too. Okay. What is your definition of success? My definition of success is being happy. You know, I think so many people like to put uh, monetary value on success. And I, you know, there's a lot of people that have a lot of money and they're miserable or um, sick or, you know, whatever it might be. But Mm -hmm. I just feel like being overall happy is, is the best form of success. Mm-hmm. What's a quote or piece of advice that you live by? A quote or piece of advice that I live. Um, mm, probably the biggest thing is like, um, I would say my grandmother used to always say, stay out of grown folks business. So even, <laughs> even as, even though I'm a grown folk now, I, I still do. I, uh-huh. I still do. Like if it has nothing to do with me, some of my friends mm-hmm. say I'm like the most oblivious person because it's like, you didn't notice that or you didn't see that happen. And I'm like, well, it kind of didn't involve me. So uh-huh. I, no, I didn't, you know, yes. like, you know, some people might see that as a selfish thing. And I just see that as a, a mind in my business and focused on like, what mm-hmm. pertains to me thing. So mm-hmm. I think that advice definitely more people should uh, listen to that advice right there. <laughs> um, and my fifth question, what do you want to be remembered for? What do I want to be remembered for? Oh, I don't know. But any one thing I just, you know, when it comes to that time where they have to, you know, read my obituary, you know, I just want people to, feel good when they think about me it was uh I was actually with my mom and two of her friends earlier this week and they were talking but once again my grandmother obviously is coming up in conversation she's no longer with us but mm. they were like oh yeah when I when your mother would ever always come to Milwaukee when our kids knew she was coming they'd always be like is her mom coming too and mm-hmm. people to this day still talk about my grandmother and she didn't invent anything or do anything big or own any businesses but mm-hmm. she was just always a fun and happy person to be around and mm no filter and people yeah. remember that so even to this day even though she's passed away it's been almost 15 years since she's been gone mm. um you know people she still comes up randomly in people's conversations and in a good way so mm-hmm. that's how I could be remembered 
that's how I would want to be remembered. Love it. Love it. Thank you so very much, Aston. I appreciate your time and sharing your journey with us. How can we best support you and the Tip Off Game app? Okay. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. I appreciate that. Um, you can find us online. Uh, we're at tipoffgame.com. So if you want to go there and click, we have but- both buttons so you can download. Uh, you can find us on either App Store, uh, the App Store, or Google Play Store. Um, we are on any platform. It's basically Tip Off Game. So T-I-P-O-F-F, all one word, game, uh, on any social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit my website, LonnieSwain.com, where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, and lots of other cool stuff. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Buzzsprout, CastBox, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my website. I love and appreciate all of your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with at least three people who you think would enjoy it too or benefit from the information. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Talk to you soon.